When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the long two. Howdy and what's up? My name is Natty. His name is Brandon. This is a faketeams.com fantasy basketball podcast. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. And fake teams, but real emotions. Great tagline. We should put that into the intro song once we have one. Uh, there's a lot of basketball going on. There's a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. There are a couple of stories going around the NBA. Brandon, I don't know if you care to talk about them at all, but uh, if you have any like miscellaneous thoughts on the NBA over the past week, shoot them at us. Um, you know, there's a lot going on in the league right now. And, uh, I'm, you know, some of it is is purely on the court. Some of it is not. And, um, you know, I think that right now the league is at at another, you know, pivotal turning point. And, um, you know, we're going to see what happens. But I believe in Adam Silver and I believe that we have a great product. And these young kids are really just tearing things up. So I just want to get into the basketball and, and really just, you know, deep dive. Uh, I had similar thoughts along other veins. Like, I don't really give a shit that, like, oh, my God, a big, rich boss is a terrible human being. That's sort of not surprising to me. And not a shocker. anyone else should be surprised by it either. Um, what I am a little bit surprised about, though, even though I think it's natural is a little bit of freak out from people, especially on the left coast in specific people are freaking out about the Lakers. And like, if you didn't know the scoreboard and what their win loss record was, you would think that they're one and eight, they're five and five, they're 500. And that's without LeBron for several games. And AD got sick and went out early in the last one. Um, the Clippers are also at 500. They're four and four. I don't think the Clippers are a great team, but like they've underwhelmed. Um, and I just think it's really super early and the teams that are super bad. The teams that only have like one or two wins. Those are the teams that we, ex- well, okay. There's one freak out team and that's the Pelicans, but I don't think you can say it's a freak out team now because like, it's yeah. such a disastrous start that like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? So th- that's a special case. Um, and they're an asterisk team. Like if people had known that Zion wouldn't be playing for probably the first two months of the season before the season started, then our expectations of the team would have been different. So that doesn't count. Uh, but the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Pistons, and, I mean, the Magic have three wins now because they just beat the Utah Jazz today. This is Sunday night, by the way. Uh, I just don't think that people should be freaking out. Like, it's super early. 
It's a different ball. Um, this is the it's a different ball. Whatever people have mentioned it, I don't think it's no. I agree, but no, like agree. it's a big but deal in yeah, baseball, right? Like it's, it's just funny. A, a different ball is a different ball. It is, and you know, there's obvious reasons why the NBA would you know make that change right now. Um, but wait, do you think the ball is like weighted? You know, like Major League Baseball, like thinned the seams. Like, do you think they did something to the ball to make scoring go down? Well, you saw you saw those percentages, right? You know, the shooting percentages are down across the board. So, yeah, like last week, you know, the game was was kind of going a little too far in one direction, right? With the new rules as far as the the hand checking out around the perimeter, um, and you know, you change the ball up, shooting percentages are down across the board. I don't know. So I don't think that the NBA had a conspiracy to change the balls uh, by switching corporate partners. I think that that was a huge money deal and someone offered them more money. Um, Oh, for sure. For sure. The the shooting woes, I think, are a combination sort of of the new rules, but not in the way you think. And – I think the ball has to have something to do with it because like catch and shoot threes are a shot where you're just like, you're literally just getting the ball and going into your motion, right? There's no dribble. There's no other movement. You're not moving at all. You're catching and you're jumping and you're shooting right away. Mm-hmm. So like the rules, the new rules shouldn't really have anything to do with that. Um, because you're not flailing, you're actually trying to shoot that that mother like someone passed it to you. Because presumably you're open. Like catch and shoot threes are a pretty distinct type of play and action. Um, in 2013-14, the first year that there were numbers for it, there was only one team that was under 33 percent on catch and shoot threes. That was the Detroit Pistons, by the way, which is the only <laughs> reason I'm using this stat. But every other team was better than 33% uh, or better than 32%, sorry, on catch and shoot threes. That has been the case for every team since then. No one in any NBA season since then has shot under 33% on catch and shoot threes. This year, there are seven teams doing that so far, shooting worse than 33% on catch-and-shoot threes. The Jazz, the Wizards, the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, the Cavaliers, the Pistons, and the Thunder. Now, a couple of those teams make sense, the Pistons and the Thunder, but the other ones, like the Jazz are a good team. The Wizards are a good team. The Timberwolves are at least a medium, maybe mediocre team. Uh, The Nuggets and the Cavs, like those... That suggests to me, like last week I said that I just thought it was tired legs and young legs and that it was early in the season and I didn't think that we could trust any of the numbers. But at this point, if 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 more than one team were to end the season under 33% on catch-and-shoot threes, that would be such a fucking abnormality. One team since 2013-14 has done that. Only one. 
if that increases by 50 per, by 100% to 2 then you'd have to say that something happened and it's either the new ball or the new rules or a combination of both because yep. that's such a fucking strange thing to have happen and if it's more than one team then although i guess devil's advocate would say look at all the young dudes like look at all the rookies look at all the sophomores you know like they're sort of some competent capable shooters have been aged out so like it's a confluence of events but it's still i was very laissez-faire last week and now i'm getting a little bit more concerned yeah seriously because like over the past week i've seen some games where the refs aren't calling fouls that are that should be fouls no matter what and they don't have anything to do with perimeter shooting like that dude just slapped that guy across the arm dribbling the ball as hard as he could and you watched it and didn't call it like that's a foul (laughs) yeah I mean, if we want to go back to the 80s, that's cool. Okay. Let's talk about the challenge game from last week. The Bulls versus the 76ers. You challenged me to watch this. It was a good game. I liked this game, even though I don't like both teams. Um, I have some numbers, but what are your thoughts before we get into them? Um, so, you know, I'd like to say that I probably should have pointed out that the Bulls and the Sixers played twice during the week. So I actually watched both games. Um, and, uh, and I I will try to separate this game out from what I saw last night in their second matchup. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, a lot of the chosen he just you know, he went off eleven of twelve from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Um, Levine, you know, he didn't have a great night. He was two of seven from three, um, but he also you know chipped in with a few free throws, three or four from the three. But he had nine rebounds and um, he scored twenty seven points. points. Yeah, like yeah, <clears throat> uh, plus minus though. Uh, wasn't great for Levine. The Chosen really put the team on his back. Lonzo, you know, Lonzo was running around with Caruso, getting the, uh, you know, getting the stocks like we expected. Um, In this game, Lonzo, four stocks, Caruso, a couple steals. Derek Jones Jr., four Mm -hmm. stocks in this game. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, didn't do a lot else, only four points and one rebound, but – He's starting to, you know, speaking of that second game, he played pretty, he played well in that game. And um, he's starting to kind of really get aggressive as a cutter and kind of get these easy buckets and transition with Lonzo out there. And he's starting to figure out that like, Hey, if I'm in the right spot, Lonzo will find me. Um, right, so I would actually moving. Yes. Yeah, so I think he might actually move into the, that, that power forward spot. Um, or that other forward spot and play next to the chosen uh, Demar, but uh, yeah, I liked what I see. I saw from the Bulls. Um, they lost this game on the Sixers side, you know. And I'll just touch on the Sixers quickly, and then I'll let you you get into it. But uh, you know, Seth Curry went nuts. Um, Embiid played well. He did not, you know, dominate from a scoring perspective, but he flirted with the triple double. He had seven assists, nine rebounds, eighteen yeah. points. Um, Steal and a block. Yeah, 
He did. And, and, uh, and uh, Matisse, five stocks. Mm. He got the memo. I think he listens to our show. So, yeah, but he's out um, now for health protocols. So, yeah, he is out with it's the COVID nineteen protocol. Uh, so are like four other guys on the Sixers. Right. So. It's because he like hung out with Toby one night like three weeks ago, and they were like, "I don't know, man." Uh huh. And uh, and um, you know, George Yang. He's. It looks yeah. like he's carving out a role. And um, this yeah. guy is a career 40 plus. He's never shot below 40% from three. He, oh. at, at, with, you know, he's, he's got decent size. He can play the forward spot and um, he's not much of a defender, but he's like a smart basketball player. So he can, he'll be in the right spot on defense, even if he's not going to make like, you know, the best play always. Um, and uh, he seems to play well with Embiid. So, you know, I like, I like what I see from him. Um, Milton didn't really, didn't really contribute a whole lot in this game, but, uh, shake in the second game, he's really starting to step it up. And that's a guy that, that I think, you know, will will continue to kind of develop for them. Dude, they're, they're number one in the East without Ben Simmons and Seth Curry looks like a different player right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Tyrese Maxey is. I think getting better, like he still makes mistakes, but um, he is becoming like, you can just tell that he's getting better and better, I think from game to game. And, you know, a young guard having a center like Embiid is a real gift. Uh, And with Toby being out, like all these other dudes can contribute, like show what they can do. And now with Matisse out, other people are going to have to st- – I mean, Furkan Korkmaz. I don't know. It's not a terrible team. I still don't feel like it's the best team in the East. Um, the Bulls – There's a lot of roles players on this team besides yeah. Embiid. And then, you know, maybe, you know – and obviously when to- Tobias is back, he's a real – a guy that you can count on to score 20 points a night. But Curry, you know – We'll have to see. Can Curry kind of keep this up? He does look – I agree with you. He looks – he's looking more and more like Steph. You know, he's starting to really just become a, a nightmare for opposing defenses. He's um, arguably and, one of the most efficient shooters in the NBA right now. And is he still – is he still – He, I, I believe at one point he was like the most efficient shooter in like NBA history. 70-plus true shooting percentage – last week or a couple of days ago, whatever. I, I wrote a piece on a fake teams, but like there, that's unsustainable, but um, scoring is usually slow at the start of a season. And he looks like he's in mid season form and they're doing this. And he's doing this without the threat of Toby in every game and without the threat of Ben. And he has won games when Embiid hasn't played too. Like he, yeah. he's, 31 i think but he looks like a real dynamite player um he's exactly what philly wanted and like dallas should hate themselves matisse but just we can go back to matisse really quickly um matisse played 38 minutes in this game yeah and um you know he had eight he had eight points four rebounds three steals, two blocks, an assist. Um, 
He had like two, a three, plus 15 plus minus. He had a plus 13 plus minus. He's going to, they're going to continue to encourage him to shoot a little bit more and a little bit they're more. Used to that. <laughs> so once Matisse. Like he gets all of Ben's misses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and he's going to get easy plays in transition the same way Lonzo and Caruso are um, because of the, the steals. There was a play where he just like jumped over the guy and like took the ball and then just ran down and got a dunk. And it's like when you can just take the ball like that, you're going to get four points a game just off those plays. So, you know, I'm high on the tees in, in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues. I think he could be a guy that in like a year or two, you're going to be like, oh, shit, this guy's scoring like 14 points a game and he's giving you five stocks. And he's gonna, you know, he's gonna splash a couple threes and get a couple dunks. You know, he could, could he could long term be, you know, end up being like, you know, a, a shutdown defender type, you know, kind of in the role of a uh, of uh, Andre Karolenko, maybe, you know. AK forty seven, nice ref. Yeah. Um You don't need to score double digit points in order to be a good fantasy basketball player, and. Uh, real-life fantasy basketball player. Draymond Green proves that. Um, if if Matisse can get the boards up and the points up just by a little bit and maintain the stock rate, like he'll be a top 100 player, absolutely no fucking problem. Um, yeah. He's definitely he's worth a- investing in, especially because Philly's like, no, you're playing. You're part of the I team. I mean, he's already a top 100 player, isn't he? Yeah. But, uh, you know, scoring is down. So his, like, four or five points per game is less hurtful right now than it might otherwise be, like, three months from now. I think, anyway. Fair enough. 13.26 PER. Yeah. That's a guy that's going to stay on the court. It's just, All like, right. the length and the smarts really tie in with what Philly's trying to do because uh, Embiid's defense, like they win with Embiid's defense and Simmons's defense. If Simmons's defense can't be there, then you need to replace it with other people. And the scoring seems to have taken care of itself. Okay. So that was the challenge game. Oh, one more thing about that. Sorry. Um, there's no tankers in the Atlantic division. So this was a really good win for the Sixers. Like the, the Atlantic division is the 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks, the Toronto Raptors, and the Boston Celtics. Now the Raptors, maybe they can con- be convinced to tank, but it doesn't really look like they're trying to. The Celtics, if things keep going south, could definitely be convinced to tank, but it's so early and they're only a couple of games out of it. So like why freak out? But like, that's a whole division full of teams that could theoretically make the playoffs. So when you beat a good team, like the bulls, that's pretty important. Like you want to have home court. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's move on to the team that we wanted to talk about this week. That team wanted to talk about, well, I mean, I did. Did you not? We can talk about somebody else. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about who you want to talk about. Let's get into it. Come on. 
the L.A. Clippers, led by Kawhi Leonard, just kidding, Paul George, who is honestly like the only real basketball player on this team, I think. Like, I'm I'm still extremely yeah. skeptical of the L.A. Clippers. Um, but they're four and four. They're 500. It's the start of the season. Here are some numbers for the Clipper fans. The L.A. Clips have the ninth best point differential in the NBA. That's top 10. That's good. Their most used lineup so far is Arjax, Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Nick Batum, PG-13, Paul George, and Ivica Zubats. Ivica Zubats, sorry. Um, I don't really believe in four of those five players, <laughs> but yeah. that's just my opinion. Um, Reggie Jackson, who is late of the Pistons, is shooting 37% from the floor and 35% from three, but they're hoping that RJX from the playoffs last year comes back a much, much better player. I won't hold my breath. Um, well, so, But just real quick on, on Jackson, though. Um, yeah. I think in a volume league, I actually kind of like Jackson. So maybe in a points league or a league where you don't really care about efficiency um, because – I watched them the other night, and uh, Eric Bledsoe just isn't that explosive offensively anymore. And besides Paul George, there's really not a lot happening offensively. So there's a there's a void for Jackson to just come in and just go as fast as he can and try to get through the lane and get to the bucket at least like once or twice per quarter. So um, I actually think that in a points league, Jackson is kind of a, 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 a solid pickup right now. I mean, in his last few games, he's, he's kind of been scoring, you know, in, in the twenties with, you know, a handful of rebounds, a handful of assists and maybe a steal. So, um, you know, I, I, I like Jackson from that perspective. I do not like you said, he's shooting 37%. So in a league that where percentages are, are, are key, I do not really love him at all from an efficiency standpoint, but he was shooting 31% like a week ago and he's already up to 37. So, right. you know, we're talking about a handful of balls. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's already, and he's usual. Yeah. So he's coming up like every game, his percentage is coming up like one point. So, um, you know, Jackson to me, like I said, at the right for the right league, I think that he's an okay play. Agree with you. Other than that, there is really not a lot of fantasy value on this team besides, obviously, Paul George, who's going to have a monster year. Paul George is number before Sunday's games. Paul George was number two on the ESPN player Raider for basic fantasy basketball. Um, he's behind the Joker, Nikola Jokic, and ahead of Giannis. Paul George is averaging 27 plus points per game, eight plus boards, four plus dimes, three steals per game. That won't keep up three plus three pointers made. And he's hitting them at a 38.3%. He is dynamite right now. Everyone else sucks. So the yeah. other four players in the top 150 in on the player Raider, None of them are outside of the top 
139 to 150. All of them are in the bottom decile, basically. Well, it's not a decile, yeah. but the bottom 10. Um, the Clippers are 17th in the NBA in drives per game. So like you were saying, like our Jacks should be driving more. They all should. Uh, they're 28th in field goal percentage on drives. That means that even when they do drive, they are not finishing, and that's not great. They are 12th in free throw attempts on drives and 20th in free throw percentage after drives when they get to the line. That also sucks. Yeah. They're 15th catch and shoot three point percentage. Like some of this is, I think, just the early season shit we were talking about, but also Eric Bledsoe sucks. And Nick Batum, if he was actually this good, like wouldn't have been on 17 teams. No, and these guys are just these guys are just past their prime and it's an aging roster that doesn't their fit well together. They have and Eric Bledsoe is a, a good player for a while. For he one just year in Phoenix and then he just, grade. He he's he's but at this point offensively he just doesn't give you much. And uh, you know, he's not a guy, I mean, he's he's a guy that should be rostered if he's available in your league. I mean, he's rostered fifty seven percent of leagues. He's, he's available in your league. Eleven percent from three, Brandon. Eleven percent. He's a agreed, um, but he's a he's a de facto, you know, two B right now. Two one A. He's a two A or two B with Reggie Jackson. So it's like the volume's there. You know, I think that he's going to get a, an opportunity for the volume. Um, I don't yeah. think that he's going to have a good season, but, you know, I'm just saying that I, I think that there's there's just no one else on this team. There's a black hole at, but beyond, beside Paul George. Uh, and- there's a guy named Luke Kennard who is also a top 150 player and does not start, but is shooting 44% from the floor, 45% from three on six three-point attempts per game. Um He's one of the only guys that can actually shoot the ball right now on the Clippers, and they don't start him. And I really sort of feel like that's just because they promised Eric Bledsoe that he would start. Well, and, and he just they, he provides they, no defensive yeah. value. So at least with Bledsoe, you're going to get some stocks, right? You're going to get at least probably two stocks. With Kennard, you're not even going to get one stock. So I think that's the only thing with Kennard. I do love Kennard's shooting ability. So if you're looking for threes, you know, he's, he's a really attractive option at Ross and he's rostered in, in 3% of league. So, you know, he's a guy you can pick up and, and definitely get some volume threes and some pretty good percentages. Um, but overall, I'm just, there's really not a lot that I, I'm looking at on this Clippers team. Batum is shooting 41% from three on five plus three point attempts per game with a six plus rebounds, a steal. Like there, the devil's advocate in me is like, Oh wait, what do you care? Like ride these guys while you can like stream them while you can, who cares? Fuck the Clippers, fuck this team, fuck them all. This is just production while you can get it. Um, I think the Clippers are like one injury away from being one of the worst teams in the NBA, but they're 500 right now. And Paul George is amazing. And he's raising the floor of what this team can accomplish. And if our gets even a little bit better, 
then he's great. And Batum, if a little bit better, then he's still sub mediocre, but like you can have him on your team. I just say Batum is a guy who is going to kind of do a little bit of everything, but I would at this early point in the season, I would try to find someone with a little more upside before I would like lock into like streaming Batum all season. But I had Batum on my roster last year and um, you know, he gave you what he gives you. And uh, you know, that's fine. But again, I just, I don't, I don't really like any of these guys. You know, I just don't, I don't like anything about this team besides Paul George, obviously. Dude, Paul George, I think could, could, you know, put up MVP type numbers. He's not going to get the MVP obviously, but he could put up those kind of numbers. Again, he's number two on the player Raider. I don't like Ty Lu, and I don't really know why, but like I just never have. Um, Since Allen Iverson stepped over him, I mean, I'm not that petty, am I? Like it can't be that. I just feel like he's so slow to adjust, and like what? But whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we move on, I did have a question for you, and I forgot to ask it earlier. Do you know who the player is whose nickname is Hillbilly Kobe? Um, no, I do not. Okay. Should I know? Uh, no, not unless you've been watching a lot of <laughs> Lakers games. Austin Reeves, a backup two okay. guard for the LA Lakers. Sorry, Los Angeles Lakers. Sorry. His nickname is Hillbilly Kobe. And people ask about it. It's like, yeah, you know, Kobe, he was my hero growing up. Like, this is an undrafted player. He's 23 years old. He transferred to Oklahoma Mm -hmm. from, uh, I forget, maybe like Wyoming State or something like that. Um, Yeah, I've seen him. He's 6'5". He's 23. He's a rookie. Uh, He's averaging five-plus points per game, two-plus boards and assists. He's shooting 36% from three, but he has a 62 true shooting percentage. Um, You know, you don't just get the nickname Hillbilly Kobe without some kind of prowess on the court. Maybe the Lakers got something here. That's all I'm saying. You know, like there's always, there's always another guy from Lakers land, Laker land that we're hearing about that is some guy they got late in the draft or undrafted. Who's gets way more attention than anyone else because he's a Laker. So um, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for Hillbilly Kobe, but, Let's move That's on. What That's what I think. Okay, we are going to move on to what are we doing? Ads right now? We're doing player ads. Brandon, over the coming week, do you have a volume ad? A player who will be getting counting stats for you? Um, I do. And so this guy is owned in under 20% of leagues. And that is available. That is one Bobby Portis for the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh shit! Really? Oh my god! Crazy eyes. Okay. So the Bucks have four games this week, Mm -hmm. and Mister Bobby Portis is just rounding into shape. Bobby Portis, he's a champion now. I think he earned it. He started off the year hurt. Um, but you know, his, he's played in four games. Now each game's minute total has gone up. 
And coincidentally, his production has also gone up. And right now, there are literally no big men to compete with him uh, in in Milwaukee. Once you get well, past that first... Giannis, who's taller than everybody else except Brolo. <clears throat> well, I mean, in the second unit. Um, so, you know, after that, it gets pretty thin. You're talking about Mamul Jilish... Mamul Jalishvili in Thanasis, sure. I think, after that. Thanasis gets uh, played, though. They play Thanasis. They're like, yeah, they do. Giannis' brother, bit. get out there, see what's up. They do a little bit. But uh, Brolo, there's there's no definitive timetable for him to come back right now. It's and a back injury for a big it's man. It's a back injury for, for a seven-footer yeah. who's old. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Bobby Portis is probably going to be playing 30 minutes a game every night. And – I know it was, you know, kind of an outlier, but he shot 47% from three last year on 157 attempts. Um, So he's a guy that I think that, you know, I I think, you know, he's a little bit stock deficient, but otherwise, I mean, as far as points, rebounds, and three-pointers go, this is a guy that I like. He's a high-energy player. He always has been. He could have signed anywhere in the off season and gotten more money. He decided to stay in Milwaukee. Um, it, this is almost like a movie scenario for him. I think it's like, Oh shit, everybody's injured. So now I get a big ass role and mm-hmm. they need him, man. They absolutely need yeah, him. And do. he can be out there with Giannis. And that's the front court. Like you saw that in the playoffs last year, like those two dudes can hold it down if they need to. Um, I don't know how much they'll use that in the regular season, but like the fact that those guys know that they can basically hold the fort down while like all these young perimeter dudes like Connaughton and um, oh fucking Grayson Allen, <sighs> God yeah, and then eventually Dante DiVincenzo, like because George Hill. And Jordan, you know, Jordan Nuoku, Nuoba, I think. Nuoga, Nuoga. Okay. Yeah. Like they're, I, but everyone's so hurt. Like they've needed to find dudes and they have. Um, yeah. And, you know, Bobby Portis, his stint in Chicago didn't end well, but before he left, he was an important player there and people liked him. I like him a lot. It's so fucking awesome that he stayed in Milwaukee when he could have gone somewhere else for more money. Um, what about you? My dude is also in a four game sketch this week. He's slightly less owned than yours. My guy is 9.4% rostered. I'm going with Anthony Simons this week for my I actually, play. I considered Simons. So he's first off the bench for Portland. He's fourth in field goal attempts per game, 11-plus on Portland. He's averaging 14-plus points per game, two-plus boards, two-plus dimes, six-plus three-point attempts. He's sinking them at a 41 three-point percentage. That line, 14 points, two boards, two dimes, six three attempts, 41% from three. All of them pluses. Only six players are averaging that in the NBA right now. Big Cat, Harrison Barnes, who's absolutely fucking on fire. Mike Conley, Tyler Hero, Lamb Ball, Mr. Lolo Ball, and Anthony Simons. 
Anthony Simons has a 61.9 true shooting percentage right now. That's 12th best in the NBA of all the players who average over 11 shots per game. I don't know if this lasts, but this is like the dude that Portland has been wanting, you know, like yeah. they have yeah, all these exactly. that they've drafted and acquired and have not traded. It seemed like they yeah. were in love with them and everyone was like, but why? Like they wanted Nas Little, you know, to blossom. If Anthony Simons keeps this up, he's 22 years old, like I said. He's a dude off the bench that Portland needs because they've, they, they've they cultivated outscore this guy. Absolutely, for sure. And they want yeah, they've, to they've cultivated this guy for, for the last, what, three years. And now, out of everything you said there, the thing that stood out to me most was, you know, really what you said about his opportunity. Like, they absolutely need this guy right now. Yeah. It, in the past, he's had to compete. Um, you know, they had Powell for a while, and he was, Dude, you know, he has Carmelo's shots, I think. Like, now I think- this guy has the keys, and it's like, hey, go run with that second unit and be our sixth man of the year candidate. So I love Simons as well. He does, the only thing with Simons for me is he's kind of a little bit of a one trick pony, he's just kind of a scorer. Totally. I'd like to see him contribute in a few other in a little bit, you know, more of a well rounded kind of stat mix, but. If you need scoring, I think this guy is going to get the opportunity, and you're going to you're going to look up, and he's going to be scoring twenty points every other night. I also wanted to say that in a worst case scenario for Portland Trailblazers fans, where Dame leaves and CJ leaves, Anthony Simons is <laughs> starting for you, and might become. A dude who like has to be rostered, so you know, like not a handcuff really, because hopefully that doesn't happen. But just in case, just in case. All right, so That's those funny. are volume guys. Um, do you have an under twenty percent player to suggest for this week? Sure, um, I actually have a guy who is owned in about five percent of leagues, I believe, mm-hmm. and that is uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Okay. On the Minnesota Timberwolves. The guy who whose name sounds like a college. Yeah, so he's actually owned in less than in less than one percent of leagues. Uh, this is <laughs> this this is a young kid who is you know going to kind of continue to get more and more minutes, and um, you know as he gets more minutes, he's been more and more productive with them. He's been very efficient from the field. He's a traditional big. Um, he's not a huge guy, but he has a he has a long wingspan, and um, he's more of a traditional big. He's going to rebound, and he's going to hopefully give you a double double. But you know, he plays pretty well with Cat, and um, you know, I think that he's another kind of you know talking about Simons. This is another guy that. They're kind of, you know, they're sticking with him and they're they're going to kind of continue to slowly give him more of an opportunity. And I think that before you you know it, this guy, if he if he gets close to twenty five ish minutes more consistently, I think he could be a double double candidate. I think that's what Minnesota is praying for. I think that like Cat's defensive of um acumen is subpar. And what you need 
for the regular season at least, if your center isn't going to be great on the defensive end, you you need a guy that can protect the rim. Like your second unit has to have somebody who can try to at least play some defense in the paint. So I think he's going to have a big role. I think they want him to have a big role. I think they want him to be out there whenever Cat is not. Like, Mm -hmm. because he's also young and can run. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about the Timbercats yet. I want them to be good. Like, I love Cat. I love Ant, man. I love Ant, man. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. And and he doesn't get a ton of blocks, but he he's a defender and he he's he steals the ball a little bit, so he will give you some fantasy production on the defensive end. Um, but you know his rebounding, you know on a per minute basis is is really high. He's getting almost seven rebounds per game in twenty minutes. Um, so you know I just think that this is a guy like I said owned in less than one percent of leagues right now. Yeah. Um, and he's 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 twenty two years old. Um, so, you know, and could be a real cog for Minnesota, like some dude that like just being conservative, like maybe he needs to be at least 20% owned at the end of the season, just because like in any given game, he can get you 10 and 10, you know, and and really efficiently. He's a career 58% shooter from the field. Uh, he's not going to take any threes really. Dude, those Um, guys help win championships. Yeah. Like getting double doubles. That's no you can't just laugh at that. You don't care how it happens. You want that. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my guy. What about you? All right. My under 20%, I'm still pushing him. I don't care. Uh, Mr. Cam Reddish on the Atlanta Hawks. They have four games this week. The Hawks play at Golden State, at Utah, at Denver, and then at home for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. They're going to need four of this week. And I think that Cam, he's still getting the third most shots on that team. He's going through a slump right now, but like. He's just not making them. But no one is, you know, or like very few people are. Um, yeah. So I I still feel like he's. It, oh, you know who isn't making them? Fucking Ice Trey. Like Trey yeah. Young, like 32% from three or something. Um, no, I I, I like I like this trade. I, I'm I'm a big believer in, in Reddish. And for the record, he's still shooting, even though he's you know his his percentage down. He's still shooting almost 36 percent from three. For sure, for sure, and, and 80 89 percent from the free throw line. Dude, and like no one else is stepping up. You know, it's like you got to find shooting where you can early in the season. And when it's a fucking young player with pedigree, you better feed them. You fucking yep. better feed them. He's just now kind of developing an offensive arsenal. So um, he's another guy, 22 years old, who is only going to get better. Um, in two years, everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, of course, Cam Reddish is great. But, you know, right now, he, he's, he, he's still a guy you can pick up. So um, I agree. I like that's, it. That's a tough schedule. The Warriors, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Bucks. That's a tough week. But in terms of fantasy, like let's say one or two it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. are blowouts. blowouts. That means, exactly. Right. That's more minutes and shots for Cam. Exactly. Agreed. So big potential for Cam this week, I think. All right. We are now going to move on to another edition in 
of additions of players. This is studs and duds. We used to do this on the podcast. We are each going to choose a player that will excel over the coming week and will equal or better their season stats, incorporating volume. We are also going to choose a player each who does worse than their season line, incorporating volume. So basically, are they going to be hot this week or cold? We're going studs and duds. We're leaving the percentages up to everybody, up to everybody, up to the two of us. Uh, We're going to have a bit of a scoring breakdown from week to week. We'll talk about that on the website. Uh, But for right now, Brandon, over the next week, do you have a stud, someone you think is going to be fire, someone, a good streamer over the coming week who you're, who you have a good feeling about? I do. Um, and this guy is owned in 6.7% of leagues and that's shake Milton. Um, oh. So, you know, we, we talked about, we talked about the Sixers earlier, but didn't really talk about shake too much. Um, Shake's another guy who his minutes are going up every week or every game there uh um right. rather and uh came back recently so in the the first game against chicago he only played 20 minutes in that game he had seven points three rebounds two assists one steal um, but in the second chicago game three nights later he played 36 minutes he had 13 points seven rebounds six assists two steals mm-hmm. and a block with no turnovers mm-hmm. so um you know shake you know we, we, we like, we, you know, both of us love Maxi, but Shake's got an opportunity here too. You know, we mentioned some of the names. There's really no standout guy right now, especially with Tobias, you know, out. Um, for and sure. there's an opportunity for, for any of these secondary players on the 76ers roster to have a good night. Um, we, Seth Curry's really playing well, but Milton is a combo guard who can be a true kind of point guard. He's been able to distribute. He's got 11 assists in his last two games. And, um, you know, they need that because, you know, like we said, Maxi is more of a scoring guard. Um, Seth is, is, you know, a shooter and, um, you know, Milton could come in and run the point. He's six foot five, but he has a seven foot wingspan. So yeah. I really like this guy to, you know, potentially develop as a guy to get more steals and become a better defender as he, as he gets older too. I want to see a three guard lineup and Toby and Embiid out there like shake Maxi and Seth. Mm-hmm. And Toby and Embiid. I just think that's fun. Um, and also I'm a big, I believer. think you will see that. Oh, for Totally. Yeah. I'm a big believer in cool sports names. Like dude's name is Shake Milton. That's a cool sports name. I believe in the power of that. Like Buster Posey just retired. Yeah. He knew he was going to be good cuz his name was Buster Posey. That's a good sports name. Uh so yeah, I believe in Shake. I also just like watching him play. He's a fun yeah. player. So 7% rostered. So yeah, and also um, conveniently low averages to best while he comes back. I see what you're doing over there. I get it. Okay, my stud for the coming week is over 10% rostered. He's 45% rostered. Brooklyn Joe. 
Joe Harris on the Brooklyn Nets. They have four games this week. Brooklyn Joe, who has totally underwhelmed so far, in my opinion, um, is averaging 11-plus points per game, four-plus rebounds, and a dime. This week, the Nets are playing the the Bulls at the Magic, at the Pelicans, and at the Thunder. Not exactly a murderer's row of defenses. I kind of feel like the Nets might feast. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since Harden is slowly, glacially losing some of his body mass. I won't say fat, body mass, and seems to be getting into shape. Um, Brooklyn Joe, this year, he's currently shooting 40% from three. Last year, his three-point percentage was 47.5. His current true shooting percentage is 56. The past four years, it's been over 60 each season. Brooklyn Joe is due for some positive regression. Positive regression. That's sort of hard to say. uh, As is the entire NBA. But uh, Joe Harris is... Maybe not an elite shooter, but like just a step beneath an elite shooter. And he's going to bounce back up with these ratios and with his counting stats. I think because all of this is basically the same amount of shots, but like if you're going up against the Magic, the Pelicans, and the Thunder, and KD and Harden don't have to play, Joe Harris is going to get some more shots. So I think he's going to have a bunch this week. And the Nets, despite everything, are sort of rounding into form, at least mm-hmm. in terms of their more important players. And that's just going to open things up for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I like Brooklyn Joe. I trust him. And, um, you know, it, it's like you said, those guys are always undervalued. Shooters are always undervalued in fantasy. Yeah. They and And, you know, they may go through streaks, but over the course of the season – um, you know, you, you kind of get exactly what you expect. And we're going to look, you're going to look back on Brooklyn Joe in you know, two, three months from now, and he's going to be right where you where he, right in line with his career number. So I agree. Bye, and love. like these dudes, like the snipers, they're not dudes that are hunting for fouls. Like that's not their job. They don't kick their legs out to try to get contact. They're not jumping into people. Like their job is to receive the ball, lift the ball, shoot the ball. That's, the only reason they're on the court because they're better at that than most other dudes. So I think this, I think players like Joe and like Duncan Robinson and a couple of the other snipers that aren't doing too well, I think for them, it is the ball because it's not the new rules. Anyway, do you have a dud for the week? Someone you think is going to, uh, either not have the volume or not have the efficiency or just be playing up against some really tough opponents? Uh, so my dud from a percentage on roster standpoint is uh, Chris Boucher. And uh, okay. he's 58% rostered, but his minutes are trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, so he is really started, you know, he's, he's really kind of fallen out of this rotation. Um, they've favored Precious Achua and Scotty Brooks has been the man. So Scotty Barnes you know, played. He has Scotty been Barnes the man. Scott the Barnes. Scotty Barnes has been fucking man. He's everyone's he's been the dad man. right now. 
yeah, he's been amazing. So uh, they're going with, you know, Precious, even though Precious is not shooting the ball well. Uh, Last year, Precious shot, I think, around 55%. So, you know, he's a high – he's a guy who's going to kind of get those easy baskets for the most part. So you would expect his percentages to kind of round out. But Boucher's not in the rotation, you know, in a significant way right now. Um, So, you know, he's playing 10 to 15 minutes at most. And um, for a guy that's 58% owned, I just I just don't really like that situation. And Siakam came back today, I think. Like, it's... Yeah, not to mention Siakam and, and Anunobi. I'm yeah. just going pure bigs. Totally. But it's, I you know, the healthier the Raptors get, um, the less tolerant of empty minutes Nick Nurse is going to become. Because I don't think the Raptors are... Uh, Like, I really don't think they're tanking. I think they have a pretty good fucking team. And their defense looks tremendous. And, uh, you know, they could definitely just be another scorer away. And if Pascal comes back and he's the Siakam from, like, two years ago or three years ago rather than last year, then that could be one of the biggest ads any team could make in this season. And, you know, I like... I like Boucher. Like I thought he was really good. I, I I just wonder if like maybe he's on the wrong team right now. Like if you put him on, uh, you know, I don't know the Thunder or something, and he was getting like twenty five minutes. You know, how old, how old do you think he is? Just curious. Twenty three. He's twenty eight. Yeah, he's, he's he's one of those guys you think is younger because he hasn't been in the league that long, but he's actually he's twenty eight years old. How old is Ken Birch? Do you have the team roster up? Um, I can look because, like, their their front court is in flux. Also, Scotty Barnes today, like he was guarding Harden and KD. He looks amazing. The rookie of the year race is going to be rough because yeah. he just looks sensational. God, the Raptors know what they're doing. They really do. They do. Yeah, they just continue to find find value. So and and develop uh, players, and it's like, I mean, what do they care? They have a chip. They paid everyone who wanted to stay. Who do you have? My dud is ninety three percent rostered. So I'm going big here. I'm going big. I like it. It makes sense, though. I think I'm going to make a cogent argument. Okay, so my guy is on the Wizards, Montrez Harrell. Washington only plays two games this week. So from a volume standpoint, like, you'd rather not have a guy who's just playing two two games. The Wizards play at Cleveland and at Orlando, two teams that actually have pretty energetic front courts pretty good ones like you don't i mean mo bamba and jared allen and evan mobley like they're you know you can't just push them around um montrez is not starting he gets starter minutes and shots but he's not starting he's still coming off the bench uh he's averaging 18 plus points per game nine plus boards one plus dime and one plus block per game but I just think that the Wizards 
in these two games really aren't going to play him too much. And I think he's going to have a subpar week. I think he's over rostered. I don't think that a big off the bench, like he's not going to have sixth man of the year value. Like he did a few years ago, I guess is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Um, But you know, on the other hand, let's say he's coming off the bench because the front courts are sitting for the other team. Like maybe he just gets to run. I don't know. Like I could see him doing really well in both games also, just depending on how the games go. Like if it's garbage minutes and Washington's losing, maybe they just let him run. But um, all things being equal, I don't like his chances this week to have a good week. So if you're streaming Montrez, I would suggest not. Like, don't drop him, but, you know, if you can start somebody else, someone with at least four games, then I'd rather do that. That's my dud. Yeah. No, I hear you. And and um, uh, Gafford's been, you know, he, he's back. He's healthy again, and he's starting to get yeah. more minutes. So um, that's another guy who he's not playing a ton of minutes, Daniel Gafford, right now, but. Um, it looks like his minute total could be increasing more into that mid twenties area. And he's really close to putting up a double double and, and he's still averaging, he's still averaging over two and a half stocks, um, in 18 minutes a game right now. So, um, that's another guy that that I like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that duo of bigs. I think that that's pretty solid. Um, it's just that at some point Brian comes back, you know? Yeah. Thomas Bryant comes back, I think, in by you know the end of the year. Um, so if not, and then by and I do like Thomas Bryant, and he really impressed. But at that point, you know, you're into the season. Like, yeah. take you, like he's not going to end up getting like 30 minutes per game or something right away. Like, but out of all three of those in. bigs, out of all three of those bigs, he's the only one who can shoot the three. So. Yeah, for the long term success of the team, I think Thomas Bryan, you know, he's probably going to have there's going to be some minutes for him, right? Because at some point, we know what Montrez Harrell can do in the in in the playoffs. It gets tough. So, dude, Thomas Bryant as a big next to Russell Westbrook <clears throat> and Bradley Beer Beal last year, like worked, like yeah. that actually worked when they went off on their run in the in January that lasted for you know the rest of the season it was one of the reasons was because brian could go outside and he played well with russ like the the wizards with westbrook and beal were one of the best teams for the last three months of the season last year yeah by win-loss record just saying that okay our last segment i am going to challenge brandon to watch a game this week sorry brandon did you have any other ads um i did actually think i think i had one more and uh i did uh, this guy isn't this is more for a shallow league or someone making roster decisions um but i i like will barton a lot for not just this week um but for the next you know several weeks, if not for the, the whole season. Totally. Um, he's Outshining putting up like career. 
he's putting up career numbers right now as far as points, assists, and steals, but he's not really shooting the ball that great. And so, um, again, another another example of, you know, someone whose shooting percentages are a bit uncharacteristically low. Um, but I think that that's going to improve, like you said, as the season kind of, you know, you know, rounds out. And um, the opportunity is really there for him with the slow start from Michael Porter Jr., and uh, Murray's still out. So, um, you know, I think Will Barton is a guy who at 50% owned right now. Um, he's still a guy that, you know, I think is, is you know, I, I think in a couple weeks we'll look and that guy will be like 70% owned. He should be. He's basically like the number two option on that team right now while MPJ, like, isn't doing great. Um Yeah, he's he's forty four percent rostered, something like that. Is that what you said? I, I, he's under fifty. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like he, he's like second in shot attempts on Denver, and he's out there like all the minutes. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, there's yeah, forty six right now. Yeah, like there's no reason to think that things are going to change until Michael Porter Jr. can start sinking his shots. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, okay, That's so the challenge game for this week, I am challenging you to watch a game on Friday, November 12th. Okay. You have to watch the Portland Trailblazers play at the Houston Rockets. Nice. I'm actually, I like that. Um, yeah. I watched Houston... I watched a bit of the uh, the Houston game the other night, and uh, and um, I actually liked what I saw. Uh, it was it was um, you know a lot of Porter Jr. and the other Porter Jr. Kevin right. Porter Jr. and um, like you know onto the ball. My my one my one really I I thought that he looked a lot more polished than Jalen Green. Jalen Green looks a little bit out of control to me when I watch him. Like, I see the potential there, but it just seems like he's trying to do everything a little bit too fast. And, uh, Both Jalen's, really. Like, Jalen Suggs, too. Yeah, and uh, Jalen Suggs, another guy that I think is, is I, I think I looked and he's owned in, like, 75% of leagues. He's actually owned in more leagues than Scotty. Is he owned in more leagues than Scotty Barnes? I looked and he was actually owned in just a crazy amount of leagues. Because everyone was like, expected. oh, these are the guys that were drafted to be the, like, point leaders in seven yeah. years. You're like, yeah, maybe. Oh, no, he was. he's owned in more more leagues than Cade Cunningham right now. Oh, that's – oh, you that, mother. That's insane. Well, yeah, yeah that is insane. insane. Because, listen, yeah. Cade – Dude, he had Cade up right now. Only played like four games. Fuck you. Yeah. If you're in any league where you can pick up Cade, pick him up right now. He is going to be great for for fantasy. He absolutely is. Um, But no, I'm I'm looking forward to watching Houston and uh, and you know Sneaky, a guy that I have on on my uh, my fantasy team, um, who I think could actually um, you know potentially lead the league. And rebounds, Christian Wood. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he had he had seventeen rebounds. Former Piston, no big deal. Night. Yeah, 
Yeah, 15 the night, the game before that, 16 the game before that, and 13 the game before that. So he is just cleaning that glass. So, yeah. Dude. Let's and, do it. like, I love uh, Alper and Sangoon. You know, they're rookies uh, so, from, Europe, so they, from Europe. So his name, I think they, I think his name is uh, he's, he's Turkish, right? Or he's, at least he played in a Turkish league. I don't know where if he's sure. from Turkish. Yeah. I mean, Senjin. Senjin. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Alperin Senjin. Okay, yeah. good to know. Um, yeah. Like, him and Christian Wood isn't terrible. That's kind of a like, – because traditional kind of big. Um, Eric Gordon is still there somehow, which I just think is the funniest thing in the whole world. Like, Eric Gordon, when he got drafted – he's, pro- he's still productive. Totally. He's d- like another he's a guy. Sniper. You need threes. You need he threes should be on the Lakers so far fucking hard it's ridiculous he's not on the lakers but whatever the money um also the trailblazers oh, i mean he's actually just... hurt he's out right now oh really because he's not old surprising that, that he's, he's always hurt. hurt yeah but he's but he's scoring 14 points a game yeah right with now, like so. two and a half made threes maybe something like that yeah 2.3 threes couple assists couple rebounds one stock Dude, and it's a bunch of fantasy players on the other side too. And Portland and Houston are not known for their defense. And so I think this could be like a 140 to 128 game. Um yeah. you know, either way, really. Like yep. uh, you know, like I said earlier, Anthony Simons is a guy that mm-hmm. I think will get a bunch of run. And CJ and you know, shit. There's Nurkage. <laughs> I love watching Nurk. Like the, the team's, defense has been right, but that's what I'm saying. Like the teams good. are sort of designed to maximize their offense. So I think that they're going to get like a bunch of volume. And I think this is the sort of game where like, it's not going to end up like 90 to 83. Like this is going to be a high scoring game. Cause like, what, what does Portland care about playing defense against these assholes, these fucking five year olds aside from Christian Wood, like they're they're just gonna outscore them. They don't need to play hard yeah. on the other end. Yeah. Yeah, now Christian Christian Green would uh you know, a handful of other guys are gonna they're gonna put up a yeah, lot Porter of shots. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh all, I feel like there's someone I'm forgetting. Oh, that's right. Dr. John Wall who plays for the Houston Rockets. <laughs> really. He's available, by the way, if anybody wants him. Oh, that's funny. That does remind me. I did want to ask you this. Okay, this is the last thing. And just real quick. Do you have any advice for people who have Marvin Bagley on their fantasy team? For redraft leagues? No, for dynasty leagues. Like you you have a dude that was chosen before Trey and Luca. He's on your team. He's not playing. Like he's if I he's if I'm competing, like he's not playing. If I'm competing and I have a shot at winning the championship in my league, um, and I can't trade him, uh, I'm probably dropping him at this point. If I'm rebuilding, maybe I'm holding on to him. But even then, unless you keep your whole roster, it's like I would think you should be able to pull together seven or eight guys that you like better than him. Like he just doesn't play. Yeah, and he's also he's a flawed player for the, today's NBA at this point. He's a guy who's he? he's a big man. He, I mean, he's not a great 
he's not a guy that can really protect the rim and his three pointer is kind of hit or miss. He's a, he's a guy who can score. Um, but he's kind of like, to me, almost like a, a similar player to like a Montrez. So, I mean, sure, that's, that's fine, but that's like his best case scenario to me. Like, I don't have any. And Montrez is a monster. So, yeah, Yeah. he's got a just crazy motor. Bagley's had injuries. The Kings have not been known for their player development. Like, players either – players arrive good to the Sacramento Kings. They don't make good players. Like, Rashawn Holmes was good before he signed there. Harrison Barnes was good before he signed there. De'Aaron Fox arrived and was good. Tyrese Halliburton arrived and was good. Buddy Heald was good before he signed. Or he Bagley could be fun on the Bulls. Uh, dude, I like if he doesn't cost much, the Spurs. I would be calling them and calling them and call it for oh, the Spurs for sure. But anyone who thinks that like our player development program can give you at least five percent more, you know, like because they're not even playing him, man. Like they don't give a yeah. shit about him, and they chose him before Luca and Luca Trey. and Trey. And that yeah. was just a couple years ago. Like the yeah. fact that they're just giving up on him. With, yeah. It anyway. makes no sense. It makes no sense, but that's another show. But I just thought that that was like, like, I don't know I, what to do with him if I had him. And that's a, that's a guy with pedigree that like, you shouldn't just drop. I mean, I like, I don't know if I would be able to drop him. Like you said, I just don't know if I could. Yeah, I would. If I'm if I if I'm going for it, I'm, I'm dropping. Because it's like Anthony, uh, not Anthony Edwards. Um, who the fuck was the guy that Cleveland traded? Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. Thank you. Yeah, like just complete busts. But you know, but I don't know. I think Bagley has talent. Like yeah. I, you know, in Dallas or something. I don't know. He does have talent, but he needs to go to a team where they don't need him to defend they just need someone to just run the floor and get and just you know catch lobs and get putbacks and uh also he needs to be healthy anyway this has been the long two podcast thank you for listening we will talk to you again next week brandon have a good week and enjoy the game later natty later everybody all right